Well, take your Bibles tonight and go to the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis, chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24. I would ask you to pray for me next Sunday morning. Uh, next Sunday morning, I'll be preaching at um, First Baptist Church in Laura, Ohio. Uh, many of you know Brother Josh Mowry. Uh, Pat, Brother Josh Mowry is becoming the pastor of First Baptist Church. Um, his dad is uh, retiring, stepping down, and he's becoming the pastor there. And they asked me to come and preach, uh, I don't know what you call it, the inauguration service, or I don't know what you call it, but uh, of, of him becoming the pastor there. And so I'll be preaching there next Sunday, so I appreciate you praying for uh, for me while we're there. Um, but Genesis chapter 24, we begin reading in verse number 1. And uh, I have to say before we begin reading, um, at the beginning of the year, normally if I'm reading through the Bible plan, of course, I always enjoy reading through the book of Genesis. There's just so much uh, information there in the book of Genesis. Um, but I have to say that every time I read through the book of Genesis and I come to Genesis chapter 24, this passage just always amazes me. This is just just such an unusual passage here. In Genesis chapter 24, in verse number 1, it says, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand unto my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell, but thou shalt go into my country, into my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear to me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swear to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia under the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. Let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. What in the world? I mean, I, I'm just going to have to say, I'm glad that... Um, I was not Isaac, and I'm glad my dad was not Abraham, right? I, I, mean, I mean, here is, you, you get the story? I mean, it's time for Isaac to get married, and, and Abraham says, hey, we, we need to find a wife for, for my son Isaac, and there's not really anybody around here that I would want Isaac to marry, and so it's not Abraham that says, I'm going to go and find a wife, but he calls a servant. He calls a servant, says, I want you to go and find a wife for my son. Glad I didn't do that, Megan, right? I mean, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find a wife. I'm going to go find a husband for Megan, all right? Uh, who wants to volunteer to go find it? You know, I'd be like lots of volunteers, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, think about it. You're going to send a servant? I mean, this is not a small decision to make. I mean, this is, this is a life-altering decision here. And Abraham is going to send his servant, Eleazar, hundreds, thousands of miles away to find a wife for Isaac? I, I'm just glad, again, I wasn't in those days, right? I mean, what, this is an incredible story, but it's, it's really the story of a man's faith, but not the one that you think. We would say, well, this is a story about the faith of Abraham. 
Well, yeah, you could say that, but I think there's the story of somebody else's faith in this. A servant's faith. A servant's faith, right? And uh, this evening, we're just gonna, we're gonna look at this servant a little bit and, and see if we can learn some lessons from a servant, right? Now, again, a lot of times we, we look at Abraham and we look at Elijah and we look at David and we look at, you know, these great men of God, you know, Paul and all these people. And, and so many times we, we really miss that it's, yes, God uses those people too, but God can use anyone. God uses anybody. The reason why we know about Abraham and Paul and David and Elijah is because they trusted God. They were obedient to God. And here we have this, this story. Um, and some, some people have never even heard of this man. Uh, others would not really consider him as being a great man of God. Yet I think what we can learn from him could change our lives. His name was Eleazar. He is a, a servant of Abraham. Not just any servant, but he really is like Abraham's right-hand man. We don't know when Eliezer began working for Abraham, but we know that there had been a time when somehow Abraham and Eliezer had met, and Eliezer began working for him, and Eliezer had proved himself faithful to Abraham, and Abraham gave him more responsibility and through that, Eliezer had proved himself faithful and trustworthy. And so Abraham had given him more responsibility. And then through that, Eliezer had proved himself faithful and trustworthy until finally we get to the point where Eliezer, the servant, is basically uh, controlling everything in Abraham's house. It, it's kind of like the, the, the story of when we, we, we read about Joseph, how uh, Joseph was a slave, and yet God, uh, the Potiphar saw how Joseph was trustworthy and faithful and gave him more responsibility, and he was trustworthy and faithful and gave him more responsibility until finally Potiphar says, I don't know anything that's going on in my house because Joseph is in charge, and Joseph takes care of everything. That's kind of the way that we find here with, with Eleazar. And when you think about this story, it's really, it's really fascinating because... This is a man that was just, he was just a servant. But yet his faith and what, what God does through him is absolutely amazing. It's remarkable. And I think there are things that we can learn, and, and it's really interesting because I wonder, in, in our churches and in our country, when you think of our country, and, and even as we go through these, these countries where we think about, man, there's very few missionaries, there's very few God, godly witness in these places, why don't we see more Christians surrendering to serve God? I mean, we would say, at least compared to the world, we would say that America is somewhat of a Christian nation. I mean, we have the freedom to worship God as we, as we choose. And, you know, there are churches all over the state of Ohio. There are churches all over the United States why don't we see more people serving God? Why don't we see more people willing to, to give their lives for the Lord Jesus Christ? And I think when we look at the life of the servant, we can learn some of these things. We can learn why it's not taking place and what we ought to do to change it. Notice the first thing I think we find here. The reason why we're not seeing more Christians serving the Lord is because we simply neglect the command to go. You know, we've all been given the command to go. Some people say, well, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not called to be a pastor. I'm not called to be a missionary. I'm not called to be a deacon or I'm not called to be this. Okay. You're still called to go. You're called to be a Christian. You're called to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And, and that doesn't mean that you have to be a pastor. It doesn't mean that you have to be a missionary. It doesn't mean you have to be a Sunday school teacher. We are all commanded to go. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, right? Every one of us is commanded to go. Every one of us is commanded to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet we have churches that have many, many Christians in them, but yet few are willing to be obedient. 
we are neglecting the command to go. Think about this. Abraham calls his servant here in verse number two, and he says, he said unto his eldest servant of his house, ruled over all that he had. I mean, again, this is, he's like the right-hand man here. And he said, I, I want you to promise me something, right? In verse number three, he says, I want you to promise that, that, that you will go and find a wife for my son. I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. You see, Abraham had a specific job that he wanted his servant to do. Very specific. He said, I want you to go and find a wife for my son. Pretty specific. Go find a wife for my son. And, and that might seem like an impossible task to ask of a servant, right? I mean, why would he ask a servant to do this? Obviously, we understand that Abraham is, is getting an age, and it may have been that he wasn't able to travel uh, the distance that it would take to get there. And so he, he has this servant that he trusts. He has this servant, and he, he specifically gives him this task. This servant had been faithful, and Abraham had absolute, complete confidence in this servant, that he knew exactly what Abraham would want. He had such confidence, Abraham had such confidence in Eleazar, he, had, he knew that Eleazar had been with him for many, many years. And as Eleazar had been with him, Eleazar had learned what Abraham liked and what he didn't like. He had learned the, the good traits that Abraham saw in people and the bad traits that Abraham saw in people. He, he had learned and, and, and even seen through Abraham how to, man, if you're faithful, that, 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 that will be blessed, but if you're not, it won't be blessed. And so a, this Eliezer had been with Abraham for so long and he had proved himself faithful enough that Abraham is willing to give him really what we would think as an impossible task, to find a wife or his son Isaac. You know, often we think we've been given an impossible task. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Do you notice that is a very specific command given? It's very specific. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, one of the things that sometimes uh, missionaries that go as church planters and things like this get accused of is like, well, you're not concerned about people's health and well-being. No, we are. Missionaries that come in, you know, we're concerned about people's health and well-being. But here's the thing. We weren't commanded to go and dig wells. Missionaries weren't, God didn't command the church to go and start hospitals. He didn't command the church to go and, and plant to plant crops. That's not what he commanded us to do. The task is very specific. We're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what, that should be our primary goal. Right? Abraham did not ask Eleazar, you know, to, you know, he's, hey, I, I want you to, um, you know, I want you to go and, you know, if, uh, if you, you know, just on your journey somewhere, somehow, sometime, if you, if you see, you know, somebody that might be a, a good fit for Isaac somewhere along the way, somehow, wherever you're going, then maybe you might mention it to her or something like, no, no, he was very specific. He said, I want you to go to a certain spot a certain place, and I have certain requirements. There's certain things that I want you to look for. You know what those things are, Eleazar. You know what I'm looking for in a wife, and I'm trusting you to go and fulfill this command. And here we find a servant who obeyed. God had a specific job that he wants us to do as his servants. We are to go. We're to preach the gospel we're to be reaching out to bring more people to Jesus Christ, just as we sang the first song, bring them in, bring them in. Look, we, we can't save them, but we can point them to Jesus. But here, here's the thing, and, and this is what, and please, I'm not against the song. The song says, bring them in, bring them in, bring them in, right? You know, that's not what we were commanded to do. We weren't commanded to bring them in. We were commanded to go. We were commanded to go. Not bring them in, we're commanded to go. Why? Because most of them aren't going to come in. If we wait for them to come in, we're going to be dead. Because they're not going to come in. Now, some will, but not many. 
And that's why Jesus said we are to go. We're to go into all the world and preach the gospel of every creature. There's a specific command. And here's this servant that has a specific command, and he goes, but thou shalt go into my country, to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. Very specific. God has given us a specific command. Do you know that that command is not to have a career? It's not to uh, have the biggest house you can buy, have the nicest toys. That's not the command. Now, again, as I mentioned this morning, I'm not against those things. God, God blesses and God can provide those things. But the specific command that God has given to us is to go into all the world. And the reason why we don't see more Christians serving the Lord is because I believe we're neglecting the command to go. We're neglecting the command. What, what do you think... What kind of wife would Eliezer have found if after Abraham says, hey, I want you to go, Eliezer says, well, you know, I've, I've, you know, we've just planted the corn out here, Abraham. We've just planted the corn. And, you know, I really feel like I need to stick around and make sure the corn gets, that gets harvested. I'm, I'm just going to stick around. I, I, I know you want me to go, but, but I really feel like this is what I need to do. How long do you think Eliezer would have kept working for Abraham, you think? If, if every time Abraham would have said, Eliezer, I want you to go. Well, you know, right after the corn is going to be, you know, harvested, then, you know, then we've got the, the other harvest and, and we've got some planting that we've got to do. it. And, and that, that barn over there, that barn needs fixed. And, and you know, the, all the, the, the cattle, we've got to get the cattle. We've got, we've got to make sure that they're branded and we've got to take care of the sheep and, and they've got to be shorn and, and all this stuff. And, and Eliezer makes up excuse after excuse after excuse. You know what would have never happened? Isaac never would have had a wife. You know why we don't have more Christians serving and going? Because we're making excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse not to go. When we've been given a specific command to go, we neglect the command. May I say, secondly, not only do we neglect the command, but we don't make use of our master's resources. This is, again, this is just, this is fascinating to me. Look in verse number 10. So, and again, it's, it's really interesting because I think Eliezer is, um, I, I'm just putting myself in Eliezer's shoes, right? I could be wrong. He's just been given the command and even Eliezer is a little skeptical about this. Did, did you get that? Eliezer is a little skeptical about this, right? And he says, um, verse 5, Peradventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. <laughs> I mean, Abraham, you're asking a really big thing here, right? So I go and I find this person and I say, hey, lady, have I got a guy for you? I mean, this guy's amazing, you know? He's 40 years of age, you know, he's single. You know, he's got a really nice home and he's got some cows and he's got some sheep and, and I want to take you to meet him. Would you come? I mean, come on, think about it. This guy just shows up out of the blue and says, I got a guy for you. He's, he's skeptical. What if she doesn't want to come? Peradventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. All right, so I go, Abraham, and she's like, dude, you're, you're kind of creepy, you know, you know, you know. Get away from me. He's like, so then do I need to come back and get Isaac and then take Isaac to meet her so that she can actually see that I'm telling the truth? That I'm not just some creepo that, you know, I'm, there really is a guy. Abraham, no, 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 Abraham, no. Abraham says, no, 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 do not, do not take him. You're just supposed to go. I, Isaac isn't going. I'm not going. Isaac's not going. You're going. You're going, and you're going to go find a wife. Okay. Verse number eight. Abraham says, And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither. He says, Eliezer, if you go, 
and the woman find and you'd find the woman and you say, Hey, I want to, and she says, No, 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 no way, man. I'm not going with some stranger that just came off the desert and you're wanting me to take me clear across the desert to some dude that you say is wants to marry me, you know? I mean, sounds a little fishy. Abraham says, if she says no, then you're clear. You're clear. Do you understand that that is exactly what God says to you and me? You understand? We don't have to save them. And if they say no, we're clear. All he said is to go. You go and you just tell them. It's up to them the decision that they make. And if she refuses, Eliezer, you're clear. I just want you to go. And God says, we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, what if they don't get saved? It's okay. You're clear because you were obedient to God. We have this idea, well, if I don't see 5,000 people get saved, then I must not be in God's will. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's never what God said. God said, go. God said, go. And if they refuse, you're clear. I just want you to obey and go. I just want you to obey and tell them. I just want you to pull that track out of your pocket and give it to them. If they crumple it up right there and throw it on the ground, you're clear. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. You're clear. But watch what happens in verse number 10. The servant makes them promise, right? He makes the promise in verse number 10. The servant took 10 camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia under the city of Nahor. So think of this, right? Not only did Abraham send them on this job, but guess what? Abraham gave him all the resources that he would need to accomplish what he was sent to do. We've been commanded to go, right? And Jesus says, by the way, I've commanded you to go, but as you go, I want you to know you've got my resources. I'm going to give you the resources that you need. Holy Spirit, you're going to empower them. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. He says, hey, I'm going to enable you with the resources. I'm going to provide exactly what you need to go. The Holy Spirit is there to help us so that as we witness, he's the one that gives us the words to say. We, we entrust him with what we need to say. Why? Because the same Holy Spirit that's telling us what to say is the same Holy Spirit that's working on that person and knows exactly what's going on in their life. He says, I'm going to give you the resources. I'm going to give you exactly what you need. He took 10 camels of his master's good, departed for all the goods of his master were in his hand. 10 camels loaded down with Abraham's resources. How much did this trip cost Eleazar? How much did it cost him? Nothing. It didn't cost him anything. Because it wasn't his. It was Abraham's. When you surrender and be obedient to God, do you know what it costs you? Nothing. You say, oh, but I've heard people say it's, it's going to cost you. It's going it's to cost you all kinds of things. Well, it, it might cost you some friends. And by the way, if you have friends that don't want you to serve God, they're probably not the best people to be around anyway. But oh, what about how, how am I going to live and how am I going to eat and, and, and what, what's going to take care of me? God says, hey, hold on a second. Who's, who's your master? Whose resources are you going to trust? Are you going to trust your resources? You notice Eliezer didn't have anything? Eliezer didn't take his things. He took Abraham's things because it was all Abraham's. It was all Abraham's. When you became a child of God, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, everything you have belongs to him. Your money belongs to God. Your time belongs to God. Your finances belong to God. Your family belongs to God. Your life belongs to God. To serve God, now hear me, costs you nothing because it's all his. We're simply using what he has blessed us with. 
You say, well, what about my money? It's not yours. It's not yours. See, you're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to steal what doesn't belong to you. It's not yours. It's his. Eliezer completely understood that everything that he was going to use belonged to one man, Abraham. And this is, this is great, right? I don't know how long it took him to get over there, but it says he took 10 camels. You know how much a camel can carry? They can carry quite a bit. Camels can pack a lot of stuff. And I guarantee you, when Eliezer's thinking of this journey, all right, I, I got to get over here, and it's probably gonna, it's probably gonna take me a month to travel there, and and that means I'm gonna need food, and we're gonna have to have, uh, because I'm not sleeping in the desert on the floor, you know. So I got to have a tent, and I got to have my sleeping bag, and I got to have my pillow because I can only sleep with my pillow, and and I got to have, you know, those dates that we have there, there, and uh, man, there, there's no dates like those dates, and so I'm gonna take some of those dates, and, and I don't think. I don't think Eliezer suffered on his journey. He didn't suffer. He took of whatever his master had, and he said, hey, whatever you need, Eliezer, you take it. You take it. And, and here's the thing. The reason why we're not willing to surrender is because we're so concerned about me. We're so concerned about our stuff. And it's not ours to begin with. It's God's. And we don't make use of our master's resources. The trip didn't cost him anything. He didn't have to pay for the food he ate. He didn't have to pay for the camels that he was riding on. He didn't have to pay for anything. All he had to do was to use the resources that belonged to Abraham. Abraham's. When our master sent us, he's promised to provide all the resources that we need to accomplish the task that he sent us to do. Psalms 50, verse number 10, the Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I mean, you think about what he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Do you know why so many times we struggle as Christians? It's because we're trying to use our own resources. And we're not willing to trust God and use his. Hey, can I tell you something? I have seen God do some amazing things. I'm telling you, I've seen God do some amazing things. In, in, in the, the, the 22 years that I've been uh, serving the Lord, I've seen him do some amazing things. And this is the one thing that I have come to find out. Nothing I have belongs to me. It's all God's. And because I have told God it's his, and I have let him do whatever he wants to, can I tell you something? I have seen him do some absolutely amazing things. I don't know if you were in the pre-business meeting a few minutes ago before the service started, but did you realize that in almost a year's time, one year, we had zero in a building fund. And we now have almost $300,000 in a building fund? One year's time. <laughs> you know why? Because it's his. We're just making use of what he's given us. It's his. Do you realize in that same year, in that same year time, not only did we, did we have $300,000, we gave over $100,000 to missions as well. You say, preacher, where'd it come from? Him. You say, no, it didn't, man. I, I sacrificed. No, you just use your master's resources. We just use our master's resources. <laughs> Think about that. All we're doing is using his resources. And when we use it, he says, I got camels upon camels upon camels upon camels upon camels. I've got so much resources. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I, I mean... What can't, what can't I provide for you? What can't I give you? We were, talking to, we were talking to someone yesterday. We were talking about the radio station. They had listened to that story that we read a couple weeks ago about that lady that got saved. And, you know, that, I, didn't, I didn't know where we were going to get the money to start that radio station. I said, God, it's yours. This is your radio station. You're the one that told me to start it. It wasn't my idea. 
I didn't want to do this. You want it, God? You're going to have to provide. You know what God did? He provided. He provided. When we were getting ready to come back to the States, I had several people tell me, your radio station will be off the air within a year's time of you being gone. Well, that's encouraging. I felt like Job, right? And those friends that came along. (laughs) Your radio station is going to be off the air within a year's time. You wasted all that money. You wasted all that time. You wasted all that, the computers. and You just wasted all of that. I said, wait a minute. It wasn't my idea. It was God's. God's the one that told me to do it. And I can prove to you that God is the one that brought it in. I just used his resources. By the way, that radio station celebrates its 10-year anniversary this year. How's, how's that happen? How's that, how's that possible? We just make use of the master's resources. And so many times we, we, we struggle and we, we worry and we fret and we wonder when God is just saying, would you just trust me? I have got the resources for you if you're willing to, to let me, me help you. And, and again, think about this. He, he takes these camels and, and he departs and, and he, I, I don't know, I don't know the journey that Eliezer took. But I, I think in the passage as we understand it, all that Eliezer took, and, and I, I mean, when they finally get there, they still had a ton of stuff. I mean, you look at all that they gave to, uh, to Rebecca, and you look at all that they gave to the, the parents and the brothers. And I mean, they had, a, they had brought a ton of stuff. And so this whole journey that Abraham's going on, I don't think that he's like, well, man, I just, I don't know if we're gonna make it. I, just, I don't know. I mean, uh, we've, got, we've used about half of a camel's resources here. We've only got nine and a half more. I don't think he worried about it at all. He's like, we're going to go on a vacation. This is going to be a month-long vacation going to find Isaac's bride. Let's go, folks. Here we go, man. We're going to enjoy this. And, and he enjoyed the journey. And man, when he got there, he gets to Nahor and, and, and he finds a, this, this area. And it says in verse number 11, he made the camels to, to, to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, when the, the time that women go out to water. I mean, here he is. He's finally made it. He's not, oh, oh, I can't believe we crossed the desert. Oh, my goodness, we just, we just barely made it. Oh, man. No, he's cool. He's like, that was a breeze. And, and again, you look at all the stuff that he, that he still had, that all the stuff that he gives. Why? You know, you know I, I really believe that so many times, we fret and we worry and, and we, we can't make it because it's all about this is mine and I have to use it the way I think it has to be used instead of just saying, God, you've commanded me to go and I'm gonna be obedient to you and I'm just gonna make use of your resources. You tell me what you want to, to, to take. You tell me what you want to spend. You tell me what you want to eat. You tell me what I should, what I should give. Lord, it, it's all yours. You just, you just tell me and I'll just use it because it's, it belongs to you. We don't make use of the master's resources. And we don't ask God for what he wants. Look in verse number 12. He gets to this well. He knows the women are going to come out here. There was a certain time in the evening when they would come out and draw water when it wasn't really hot, but it it wasn't dark and dangerous. There was a certain time when the women would come out to draw water. Ladies, aren't you glad you can just go to the sink now? Right? Praise the Lord for that, right? Especially on a day like this, yeah. And he said, Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. Now watch. (laughs) And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink. And she shall say, drink. And I will give thy camels drink also. If you think Abraham asked Eleazar for an impossible task, Eleazar just asked God for an impossible task. 
I mean, it's one thing for Abraham to say, hey, Eliezer, I want you to go and I'll, I'm going to take care of all your needs while you're gone. And, and, you know, whatever you need, just take it and go find a wife. And, and Eliezer just enjoys this journey going across the, uh, the desert here and makes his way to Nahor. And then he comes to this well and he says, Lord, <laughs> um, I really need your help. I'm supposed to find Isaac a wife. <laughs> Lord, please. And he says, Lord, I, these, these women are going to come out and, and I'm going to ask them to give me a drink. Now, it's not that Eliezer couldn't draw on water himself. It's not that he couldn't have got it himself, but this is, he's asking God. He says, God, I'm, I'm asking you that, that the woman that I will say to give drink, that not only will she say, sure, of course. I mean, again, total stranger. This guy just comes off the desert somewhere. Now he's asking for a drink and she's like, okay, yeah, sure, I can I'll give you a drink. Now go, right? But not only will she give me a drink, but she will say, and let me draw water for your camels. You say, well, what's the problem with that? Do you know how much a camel can drink? How many camels did he have? Ten. You know how much water a camel can drink at one time? They can drink about 30 gallons of water. They've been on a month-long trek. You think they may have been a little thirsty? Let's just say that they weren't completely empty, right? You know, they got half of a hump, right? I mean, they still, they still got plenty. You know, they got half of a hump in there. You know, it's, it's, it's just halfway, you know? That's still 15 gallons of water each. They, they, she didn't have a pump. You know, the water starts coming out, gushing out. No. She's got a pot that she's got to let down and bring up and let down and bring up. For 10 camels? Eliezer, you've been out in the sun too long. You really think that some woman that you don't know is just going to say, oh, Yes. Let me, let me draw some water for you. Oh, you have 10 camels. Oh, they're probably thirsty too. Let me, let me, let me get them water too. You really think some lady that you've never met before is going to do that? Why don't we see more following and serving God? Because we don't ask God for what he wants. I stand here by the well of water. God I pray thee, send me good speed this day. This is what my master has sent me for. My master sent me to find a wife for Isaac. And God, that's an impossible task. I don't know who. I don't know who that wife is going to be. But God, I know that you do. I know you know who that woman is supposed to be. And so God, I'm asking that whoever that woman is, that when I say, would you give me a drink, that she will say, yes, absolutely, I will give you a drink and all your camels there. By the way, it wasn't just camels either. There were the servants that were there with them and all the other people that were in there. And she's like, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give water to everybody. He says, God, let that woman be the one that you want for my son or for, for Abraham's son. When have we actually asked God for what he wants in our life? We ask God for a lot of things, but are they what God wants or are they just what we want? Now remember, <laughs> and I don't know if, if Eliezer is just testing God. <laughs> God, you remember he said, if she says no, then I'm out, I'm, 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 I'm out of this, con I'm released from this contract. So I don't know if he's thinking, okay, what could be the hardest thing that I could ask so that this woman says no and so I can just get out of here and go home? I, I got 10 camels. They all need water. There's no way that any woman in their right mind is gonna be like, hey, I'll draw water for you and I'll draw, this is it. All right, God, there he goes. Remember what, he, remember what Abraham said? If she says no, I'm released. I don't know if he was just testing God or if he was just saying, God, I just don't know what to do. And so I'm going to ask for something impossible to know that this really is the woman that you have for my son, Isaac. And so this woman comes. 
<laughs> I love this. In verse 15, it says, And it came to pass before he had done speaking. Isn't that amazing? Eliezer simply asked for what his master wanted. And before he finished asking, the answer was there. We get so frustrated with God because he doesn't answer our prayers. Could it be, friend, that maybe it's because it's what we want and not what God wants? I'm not saying that God's just going to answer our prayers just like that in every situation. But I'm saying here he was asking an impossible thing. And before he had done speaking, behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon a virgin, neither had any man known her. She went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said... I will draw water for thy camels also. Now watch. She put something in here that Eliezer didn't ask for. I'm not just going to draw water and give them a little bit. She said, I will draw water until they have done drinking. And Eliezer's like, that's the one. Yeah, man, I found her. Thank you, Lord. He said, if she'll just say, if she'll just say it, if she'll just say, I'll, I'll get water for your camels. I don't care if it's one pitcher and that's all she brings up. But she said, no, no, no. I will not only draw water for your camels, but I will draw water for them until they have done drinking and camels like to drink. Until they're done drinking. <laughs> 21. And the man wondering at her... <laughs> I think God has a sense of humor. <laughs> the man wondering, here she goes. She's really doing this. There's number three. Four times. Five times. She really is going to do this. She's really drawing water to, feed, to, to, to give water to all the camels says the man was wondering you know what you know what you'll find when you are obedient to God and when you just trust God and make use of his resources you will stand dumbfounded I'm telling you you will stand dumbfounded because God will actually do what he says he's going to do and you'll stand back and be like scratching your head and be like how is that even possible how could our church raised $300,000 in a year's time and give $100,000 to missions. How could, could, could a little radio station that was started 10 years ago, and, and I mean, it, it wasn't the greatest, greatest setup, but how could that 10 years ago, and, it, and it's still going, and, and God is blessed. You just stand back and be like, I don't have the answer. But I know who's done it. He's standing there wondering at her and held his peace to it whether the Lord had made his journey to prosperous. And here's, here's what happens. Verse 26, And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth, I being in the way. The Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. You know what Eliezer said? I didn't have any part in this. I just did what I was told. Abraham said to go, and I went. Abraham said he would supply everything, and he did. And God led me to exactly the person that he wanted me to bring back for Isaac. I didn't do anything. I was just in the way. I being in the way, the Lord led me. God did it. 
Eliezer said, this has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with God. God did this. God is the one that deserves the credit. Why don't we ask God for what he wants in our lives? You know, the psalmist says in Psalms 2, 8 and verse number 8, he says, ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. Think about that. He says, ask of me and I'll give thee the heathen for thine James says, what? We have not because we ask not. We're so concerned about us that so few times we ever say, God, what is it that you want? What do you want for my life? What do you want for my family? God, what do you want for my church? What do you want? And Lord, whatever you want, I'm just going to get in the way and I'm just going to be a part of it. I'm just going to get in and I'm going to follow you and I'm going to trust you that you're going to provide and I'm going to trust you that you're going to direct. And Lord, when I stand back and see all that you do, I'm just going to be like, wow. Wow. Look at what God has done. It's all God. I just got to be a little bit a part of it. I tell you something, we can learn something from a servant. He was obedient. He made use of his master's resources. And he asked God for what his master wanted. What about us? Are we willing to trust him? God says go. Are we willing to go? God says, I want you to live your life for me. Are we willing to live our life for him? Are we so consumed about everything around us that it's all about us? What's going to happen? Hey, can I tell you? If you will be obedient to God and trust God, you'll have the full resources of God behind you. Full resources. God will take care of you. He'll take care of you. Are we asking for what he wants? Are we just asking for what we want? I'm telling you, we could see more people Surrendered, serving God, more people going if we'll just learn a few lessons from a servant. I wonder with their heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning or this evening. You know the reason why many times God doesn't work on our behalf? It's because we're not in the right place. Instead of going, we make every excuse not to go. And then when we do go, we don't go where we're supposed to go. And somehow we think that God's still going to bless when we're not where God wants us to be. Eliezer said, I being in the way, the Lord led me. I was where God wanted me to be. I was where my master told me to be and God blessed. Are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you, are you where God wants you to be in your life? If not, how, how is he supposed to bless? If we're not willing to trust him and be obedient to him. Eliezer was just a servant. We don't talk about Eliezer when we think about great men of faith, great men that God used in the Bible, but oh, my friend, Eliezer has more faith than some of us. Eliezer got to see God do some amazing things more than what some of us will ever see if we're not willing to be used and obedient to God. Get in the way. Find out where God wants you to be and get involved. Just jump in. Say, God, I, I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know everything. Eliezer didn't know everything. He didn't understand who it was that he was going to meet. He didn't know what she was going to look like, how tall she was, what color her hair was, what color her eyes were. He didn't know any of those things. He just said, all right, you told me to go, Lord, I'm going to go. We don't have to have all the answers. We just need to be obedient and trust him. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us. Lord, just a, a remarkable account that you've given us in your word about a man that was willing to 
be obedient to his master. He had proven himself faithful, trustworthy. And Lord Abraham trusted him with a great task. Lord, we're your children. You've entrusted us with a great task to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, to serve you with our lives. Lord, I pray you to help us to learn from Eliezer. Help us to learn from him. Not to neglect to be obedient. Help us to make use of your resources and trust you and to ask you for what you want for our lives. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we'll just stand quietly this evening. The piano's just going to play softly. Is there something that you can learn tonight from this servant, Eleazar? If so, maybe you need to come. Come right down to the altar here and pray. Right there in your seat. You can kneel right there at your seat, sit in your seat, whatever you need to do. What can we learn from Eleazar? Are we trustworthy? It's kind of hard to be obedient to the master when he knows we're not trustworthy. We haven't proven that we're willing to obey. Because in the small things, we haven't obeyed. So how's it all going to work out? Just trust the master. He's got the resources. And I'll tell you this, when you trust him, the journey gets a lot easier. Will you ask him for what he wants? that coworker that you've been working with that you know that's not saved have you asked God to work in his heart or her heart that neighbor that's just obstinate against the gospel have you just written them off or have you said God I know you want them saved Lord I'm going to do everything I can to help bring them to Jesus asking God for what he wants if we're not in the right place we can't expect God to work on our behalf